The year is 2023. PBS Plus has just launched bringing the world's streaming services to 4,387. How can anyone be expected to go through all this content? Fear not, loyal passengers. Captain Joe Shoes and his first mate Mez are here to travel through space and time to bring you the best nuggets pop culture has to offer. Strap in. It's time for the Car Jomez Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 377 of the Car Jomez Podcast. I'm Mez, and my co-host is always is... I am the magistrate of Caravan City. I am Captain Joe Shoes from the Car Jomez Podcast. Yeah, you all, buddy. What's up, bro? Gomez, very, very busy week. As you know, today is the beginning of not just slaying, but also slaying. Oh, it's a big week, baby. So to fit all this kind of stuff in is very, very time consuming. And I, being the busy man I am, you know what I do in my free time. I don't need to lay it out for you. HFS. That's what it's about. I love it. It's got acronym now. now it's it. a little bit different than when Eric Bischoff had HL. Uh, what was it? HLA. HLA. Yes. <laughs> HLA. Eric oh. Bischoff, good man. He knew what drove ratings. I just, I still can't believe that was a thing. That and was a t-shirt. A- it had a t-shirt. <laughs> That's what the HFS shirt has to be. It has to be a similar shirt to the HLA shirt. That's not a bad idea. I think people would buy it in spades. Ooh, what, what, what spade is that's like a shovel, right? A spade is like a a shovel kind of thing. Well, it's a collection of them. It's multiple because <laughs> that way you buy them in spades. <laughs> oh goodness, I love it. <laughs> Let's be in action. What a world! PG thirteen. Uh, wrestling was something else every now and then i get like one of these suggested reels on my instagram feed and it's like some old wrestling clip and it's like yo wrestling really be wild and back in the day and yes, it's like it's... some some clip that even i don't remember sometimes and it is really like oh my god like that was something we actually did <laughs> i love those clips especially because it's just like a regular episode of Raw. It's not like anything. <laughs> yes. It's just like some random regular segment, and it's just the wildest shit you ever heard. <laughs> oh, it's just a Monday in June. <laughs> What's Vince up to this week? <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening to the Car Jomez podcast. Remember to smash that subscribe button and leave a five-star review wherever it is that you're listening to this. Subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Pod. You get new full episodes every Thursday. Remember to like them. Remember to leave some comments. Share them with your friends. And Gomez, with everything going on, we still got a little bit of breaking news. Ooh, baby. Breaking news. What's uh, what's happening, Joe? What's going on? Honestly, Gomez, this isn't breaking. This is just broken news because I didn't oh, bring no. it up last week, even though I meant to. But Muppets Mayhem got canceled. Oh, this is what a terrible way to start the show. That's very upsetting, bro. Now, here's a show both of us enjoyed. From what I know, 
it seems to be universally liked across the board. Yeah, it's it was nominated for awards at all the Muppet Award shows with real people that gave out awards to shows that have Muppets in it. Sure. Um, but like, what else do you want to do with the Muppets? If you're Disney and you own this property, you have something people are sinking their teeth into. They're all about it. They got people excited for more of it. And then you cancel it? Like, what are we doing here? I don't know. Is Muppet stuff, like, expensive? Like, is this an expensive thing to make, right? Maybe. I, I, it must have to be. Because, because like, what there should be a lot more Muppet stuff. A hundred percent. Like, I don't. Every year, we should have a Muppet spec. What are we doing? I Some don't kind it. of Muppet something. <clears throat> Right, like yeah, there doesn't should need be- to be a weekly show, but at once a year, let's do a big Muppet epi- Muppet special on ABC Prime Time. Let's Yo, go! Baby. They oh Kermit's birthday party extravaganza, exactly. Something, Something. boom, done. Something. Here's a special. Oh man, I gotta be. I mean, as much as I love this show, I didn't expect the season two because one, no one fucking watched the show. Right, we talked about it. I, did, I, mean, I never saw any chatter. I see. I actually did. I did felt you? like it was oh. in my feed. I felt like a lot of people wow. were talking about it. I was hearing about it, and I'm going. It seems like it's doing well. The guy who was behind it is uh, Adam F. Goldberg, who does a lot yeah. of this nostalgia-driven sure. TV stuff. He he did um, the Goldbergs. Obviously, is yes. probably what he's best known for. Sure, but he did the. He was behind the Garbage Pail Kids documentary. He was behind the. Powers oh, of wow. Grayskull, He-Man documentary. So, like, he's all about, he gets, yeah. like, this is, you know, like, we were talking about David Zucker last week, where, like, his niche, he gets yeah. that that spoof genre, you know? Like, Adam yes. F. Goldberg gets this nostalgia genre for people in our age group. And he did well with it. Like, when I would say, here's some more money. Go do something more. Yes, I agree. Also, right, the way uh, Disney's been talking, it seems like a lot like of they don't the want to do anything. A lot of the streaming stuff is not going to be happening. Like those Marvel shows, we ain't getting no second seasons of nothing anytime soon. Like that is not going to happen. But we shouldn't. Like, no, we for shouldn't. a lot of those. Sure. Like, even did you ever end up finishing Loki? Nah, I never did. We did the first three, and then we just kind of got into something else. But even. My wife, who's a huge Loki fan, she just, like, she didn't really care. And she said there was a lot going on. She was like, oh, I really got to pay attention. And like, that was that's my know. problem, too. Like, he's not even being Loki. He's just a charming guy with a British yeah. accent. And he's doing, like, this heist stuff with um, Owen Wilson, which is fine. But, like, now you're trying to bring me through timelines, and I got to pay attention to when this happens. Where does this pop up? I got to remember back then. Oh, remember when we saw that one guy in episode two, four minutes? In? Like, no, I'm not watching a fucking Marvel yeah. show for that, bro. Like, what do you think this is? Like, I understand, like, the comic book fans are a little bit different, right? Because they're there they're reading, there, yeah. you know, this story, and they've known it for years. So that you're catering to a different audience there. But the comic book fan is not who you're trying to appeal to when you put out a TV show. It's the same reason why the MCU was successful. If you were just marketing it to the comic book fans, it would have been 11 people watching these movies. It's true. When you see people complaining about Marvel, they bring up a lot of the multiverse stuff. Like that's like a little too much for like regular people to try to like, it's a lot going on. Wait, this one is this one. This one's from this. Like, so people, I get that. And even when I read people's reviews, like, like I needed the end of Loki explained to me in a sense, like, mm-hmm. okay, 
can I spoil it for you? It's been long enough. He, sure. sits on, he sits on a fucking throne. He grabs a bunch of wires and now he runs time or something. Who the fuck knows? All I know is at the end of it, he, you know, he's the God of time. But at no point did I, I was just like, wow. Like, so it looks like he's trapped in vines. Like, well, like this is what we're fucking doing. Like who gives a shit? And then I got to read these reviews to kind of have it explained to me. Like I'm a child and each one is like, Oh, well, you know, in Marvel six, three, six, it's this. And in Marvel eight, two, I'm like, what, what are these area codes? Those are the different worlds. I don't care. It's like Tommy Lee Jones standing in the sewer. I'm from a different timeline. I don't care. Uh, I, oh, the only reason I, I like I, I do want to finish Loki is because it seems like it wraps up his story. Like we might not see Loki for a long time after this. That's what it seems like when people are talking. So that's like, oh, we should kind of watch that. But still, I just. <sighs> But yeah, so I, here you have a, a property with the Muppets that every time it seems to get a little steam, they like cut it off at the legs. Yeah. It's upsetting. Like a decade ago, we thought we were having that Muppet renaissance. Remember? Yes. The TV show, the movie. Yeah. We had the and Jason just Siegel kinda... movie. <laughs> then we had the Muppets Most Wanted, which was not great. Not great. Yeah, and then they had the weekly TV show. Remember with the yeah, sexy Miss Piggy thing, right? Kermit had a new girl. Even Muppets Haunted Mansion was, I guess it was fine, but like that's the kind of shit the Muppets should exactly. be doing. A little like special that. like Aquil- that doesn't and have to be I'm an hour, with twenty it. minutes, boom, in and out, just like they do with like Mickey. Like you know, we don't watch them, but every once in a while, there's some Mickey special that's just yeah. on Disney Plus. You know, that's six minutes long. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. That's enough. That's oh. sad. So that was the Muppets, Gomez. Who knows where they go from here? I haven't heard anything like that there's any plans in the works for where where the Muppets, what their next move is. So we shall wait and find out, and who knows when it'll be. But in our Facebook group, which you can find on Facebook, just search Car Jomez Podcast in the group section. You can join. It's free. Please, please do that. Come join the conversation. Uh, We had our double main man, Jeff Manalia. Has been posting what he's been. He he's big into the holidays, Jeff. Yes, he Jeff is. gets very into Christmas, and he's watching all these specials. And he made a post about a certain one that I've never seen. Mm. But Jeff is preposterously positive when it comes to things, <laughs> even though the rest of the world knows things are bad. Jeff will stand by it and say sure. he loved it. Even when everybody else knows it's bad, Jeff will say things are good. Until he watched. Uh oh. We wish you a turtle Christmas. Oh, which, yeah. Which <laughs> was a direct to video holiday special in 1994 featuring the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as the, in like the movie Turtles. It wasn't even yes. like animated Turtles. No, it's like, yeah, big guys in suits. And Jeff shit all over this so i'm looking at this he wrote about this in the group other people are commenting i'm looking at it going gee a direct-to-video special in 1994 featuring live action i don't believe you i don't believe that it's bad when jeff has to shit on something this has got to be atrocious oh so remember last year i played a clip of it during one of our weeks of something and 
I remember we everyone was like, what the fuck is this? They had like a Jamaican accent as they're fucking singing. Hey, kids, what do you think? Do we need more lights? We need more lights. They're coming, they're coming. Hey, kids, how about hoping we sing my favorite Christmas song? It made no sense, bro. It was, hey, Mikey Mon, what are you doing with that tree? It's like, what the fuck happened to the turtles? It's like, uh, it's uh, it's like twenty something minutes. We might have to to put that on the Twitch stream, maybe, Joe. I'm guessing it's got to be on YouTube for people to find. So, I but I just thought if it in this position where even Jeff is getting after it. And he's saying negative quintuple main man. <laughs> you know it's gotta be it's gotta be like Star Wars holiday special bet. <laughs> I've only seen that one clip, but I guess from that one clip, it's pretty rough, bro. I couldn't imagine sitting through another 15, 20 minutes of it, to be honest. So I kind of want to see it. <laughs> sounds like we got some extra homework I mean, to do. Don't get me week. wrong. I'm not gonna go out of my way to do this. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you are. We got to do the extra credit, baby. Well, here's the thing is everybody else in the group now is talking about some other holiday special. Our double main man, Joey Hudson, posted something about this adult swim thing called Yule Log. And he said he wants me to watch it. And a couple people piggybacked on it saying, I got to watch this thing. And I said, I don't even I, I don't even have a clue as to what this is about. And what people said was good. They don't want me to know. They just want me to watch it. Gomez, have you heard of Yule Log? Yes. So this came out last year. Um, It's the same kind of thing like you mentioned where people were just like, hey, there's this thing on Adult Swim. It's called Yule Log. Just check it out. Just just watch it. I'm like, okay. So I I guess I'm going to watch this. And... uh, to say the movie takes a couple of twists and turns is an understatement. Um, I don't know. See, I love showing you movies like this, but it always ends up where you just kind of go, what the fuck did I just watch? And I have a feeling U-Log will definitely be one of those things, bro. Like, I don't know. I want you to see it, but at the same time, I just, I know your response. I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine you going, that wasn't that wasn't bad. You could be like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" I'm gonna get texts. What are you making me watch? Like, I feel like it's one of those movies. So you've seen this, yes. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, I got a couple minutes on my hand. I'm I'm a little I'm on a break from the HFS. I put on Yule Log. If I come here next week and I speak about the Yule Log. Will you be ready to engage me in conversation? Oh, yeah. I remember everything about Justin. Oh, jeez. You don't forget this movie. I'll tell you right now. It's good. Uh, Listen, I enjoy it. I have a good time with it. Uh, it's something, though. It is, it's not for it's everyone. Something. It's not for everyone. It's trying something, and then it tries something else. It's trying things. For me, it worked. <laughs> Uh, that's it. I that's all I got for the news this week. Gomez kept it nice and short. Remember, guys, if you're listening, join our Facebook group. It's free. You come, enjoy the conversation, talk about whatever you're watching, and then maybe I don't know if you want to jump on this when you wish upon a turtle thing. As apparently, other people do not like it. 
looking online, there is a copy. If you put "We Wish You a Turtle Christmas" onto uh, YouTube, there is a twenty-minute thing here. It looks like it's the whole thing. Oh, baby! Oh, baby! We might be watching that. Man, we can have a busy episode. <laughs> uh, Gomez, I got it in my head that I wanted to go to the movies this week. Ooh, okay. There's a lot of movies out there. I haven't really seen anything that's out. And I decided, I, I was thinking about going to see Wish, and I said, you know what? I could watch a good, brand new children's animated feature from the comfort of my own home and couch. And guess what? As much as I like Chris Pine, the movie I can watch at home has someone I love even more, and that is the Sandman. <laughs> what did you watch here, Joe? Adam Sandler's new movie oh on Netflix, Leo. <laughs> I can't believe you watched it. <laughs> Why can't you believe it? Because I saw just that you, you you watched it. I saw the trailer about a week or two ago, and it like starts where you think the movie's gonna be like, all right, it's like a regular, and then it turns into this whole other thing. It's like, oh my, this is an interesting movie that they're doing here, and uh, I, I will watch it. I just I didn't know you got around to it so quickly. I love it, bro. When the Sandman calls, I answer. Uh, it's true. I mean, we don't miss a lot of Adam Sandler movies. We haven't liked a lot of them. <laughs> we actually do miss a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Do I feel like we watch all of them, bro? He has and like we... fifty-five Netflix movies, and I don't think I really you know what? watch many of them. That's true. I never watched right like murder mystery or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I missed a couple. <laughs> I, f- I mean, I feel like I watched it. I guess the last one maybe was Hubie Halloween. Is that the last one we watched? I, we did watch that one. <laughs> what a movie. It's got to stop doing those voices. So this movie, Leo, stars Adam Sandler and Bill Burr. Adam Sandler plays a lizard named Leonardo, and Bill Burr is a turtle named Squirtle. And they are classroom pets at a school in South Florida in Fort Myers. And Adam Sandler realizes he hears someone say that lizards only that lizards live to about 75 years old. And he realizes he's already 74 and he has this whole bucket list of things he wants to accomplish. And this actually fits our theme for the week with the it's a wonderful life stuff. It does. But he's got this whole list of things he wants to accomplish. So he's got to come up with this plan to escape his terrarium. That way he can go live out his dreams thing is he can talk and so can bill burr and the first week every weekend the kid one of the kids has to take home one of the pets and care for it and bring it back on monday so the first week some girl begrudgingly takes this lizard home and she comes back to her room discovering there's an old lizard he's like very slowly trying to break free but then like he knocks some shit over and he ends up unknowingly letting her know he can talk so he becomes this like voice of uh, reason and mentorship for these yes. kids. And each week, a different kid is taking Leo home and he's helping them get through life and being a child and the, the problems they go through about fitting in and self, uh, self-worth and stuff. And he's helping them with that. And he gets a good fulfillment out of this. And I got to say, Gomez, this movie is awesome. Sounds beautiful. Sounds like a beautiful movie. It is adorable. It is very cute. 
It is very heartfelt. This is probably one of the Sandman's best movies in years. I believe it. When I saw the trailer, right? So I'm expecting the movie just to be about this this lizard trying to live out his life. And then it takes this turn where it shows you that, no, he's like a life coach to like all these yes. kids. And he's like helping them with their problem. I'm being bullied. Hey, you don't let people bully. Like, it's like, and I was like, this movie took a turn. It looks really cute. I'm happy to hear that. It's it's good. It, it, it You know what? I'm going to give it a triple and a half main man. Holy shit. That man hasn't seen a rating like that in years. And at first, I was like, I got to be rating this a little bit high. Like, it's just got to be that because he's doing his I'm the Sandman voice the entire movie. You know, <laughs> like, it's not his regular people voice. No, it's his. It's not. He's doing Why aren't you doing talking to this person <laughs> and they can be your friend? Like, it's him doing that voice for an hour and a half. <laughs> Sounds great. But. <laughs> I was like, I have to be grading on a curve here, right? But then I go and look it up, and IMDb is giving it a 7.0. And Rotten Tomatoes has it at 80% fresh with an audience score of 93%. Holy shit, 93%. So, folks, if you haven't seen Leo on Netflix, sit down. It's very kid-friendly. You know, maybe like one or two jokes here and there. But it's very kid friendly. So sit down with your kids, have a good time, and watch the Sandman give you a classic. Wow, that is, I'm going to put that on the list there. We're going to have to check that out soon. I love it. Uh, Joe, I watched something that uh, you're not going to watch with the kids. You got to put the kids to bed for this one. Um, I started a new series on Paramount Plus. Look at this. There's not much to choose from there. So <laughs> so I was online scrolling, and I saw someone put up a tweet that said, hey, there's this show on Paramount that if it was on Netflix, it'd probably be the show everyone's talking about because of this, this, and that. And I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. Let me check it out. So I go on there. Okay. It's six episodes. It's a Korean uh, series, so it's in either subtitles, dubbed, whatever, however you want to watch it. You've got options, but it's in another language, so be prepared. Um, it is about a hotel where a man is meeting a young lady for the first time. They're meeting up for sounds like some scandalous interactions, I'll mm-hmm. say, and um. It turns out this is not a, this is, they tell you this in all the promos. So I'm not spoiling nothing, but if you want to go in fresh, go right ahead, skip ahead. Um, it turns out the lady is up to no good. She made the man come here under false pretenses. Oh. She is now kidnapping this man and selling his organs for, you know, black market stuff. Okay. Pretty crazy. Wow. This is crazy. See, this is something I need to worry about because. I have met many women in hotel bars for a first meeting over the course of the past Uh-oh. 18 or 19 years. Uh-oh. Watch it, bro. They might be trying to get that kidney. But I mean, maybe was was that the time I woke up in the bathtub full of ice? Uh-oh. <laughs> this dude wishes he woke up in a tub of ice because that's one hook. There's three hooks to the show, right? So that's one thing. The second hook is an earthquake happens 
in the middle of this oh, but of course. transaction. And now the story is about what is going to happen because the hotel is all fucked up and what's going on. So I'm only on the second episode, so I don't know where it leads to. What is Those the name the of this? This is called Bargain on Paramount+. Plus. Now, the third hook to this show, it's all in one take. There's no cuts. The camera, really? it's about 30, 40 minutes long, and there are no cuts. From the minute the man walks into the hotel room, the camera's just shifting along, walking along, going to room to room. It's really pretty impressive. Who's in it? Anybody notable? No, it's just a bunch of Korean people. I mean, maybe they're popular in Korea. I'm sorry. I don't know. Is it but, in uh, Korean? Language? Yes, everything is Korean. Okay. Yes, everything. Subtitles, dubbed, whatever you want is on there. But it's in another language. Um, it's six episodes, 35, 40 minutes. They go by quick because it's interesting and something's always happening. And also, if you pick up on like, oh, this camera fucking isn't moving. Wait a minute. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, the first two episodes, I'm into it. I'm I'm good. There's four left. I'll probably finish it up this weekend. I like it. I do think people would talk. I don't know if it'd be like the number one show on Netflix, but I do think it'd have a little more traction than obviously. A little bit more buzz, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, no one has Paramount Plus. No the one only has thing, The only thing I can think of that Paramount Plus has even been good for originally, like original programming-wise, is the Tulsa King show with Sly. Yeah. Which is good. It, it You know, I enjoyed it. But I'm also not signing up for Paramount Plus just for that show. Nah, Paramount's like the Nickelodeon MTV. Like if you yeah. wanna, you wanna watch SpongeBob. With oh, your I get, kids I and get shit. old episodes of Daria. Yes, exactly. So it's like, eh, do I really want it? Also, I guess right, um, Yellowstone is maybe on there because right, it's a it's a Peacock Paramount thing. The things are crazy, so it might yeah. be on there. Maybe the recent season. There's nothing on there. MTV the challenge. What I'm not paying it's old episodes of Beavis and Butthead if that matters. All to the you. new episodes of Beavis and Butthead. And Remember they did bring that Beavis back. and Butthead if that matters to you. Uh I see I've saw something that said Apple is maybe thinking of doing something with Paramount. So if you have Apple TV, you could maybe add on Paramount Plus or something for a couple bucks. They should just merge. Maybe it is a full merge. I don't know. It'll be like I when, know. when Kazumi does content shares with other adult film stars. Just like that. I mean, I was going to say like Amazon, how you could get Shudder and Showtime. And stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, I guess that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it seems, but it seems like that's more what they're going for, right? It seems like they're going for the cable route. You go to Apple. Hey, add on Paramount. Add on yeah. this thing. I don't want that. We don't want that, folks. No. We don't want We that. good. So, yeah, if you have Paramount, I know you don't. Maybe you signed up for it. It was on sale, Black Friday something. I actually share a Paramount account. So do I. You know, you got to share. the same one? I don't know. No, I see my name on there, not your name. So Okay, then, yeah. I don't think so. But, yeah, but you do that, right? Someone pays for Hulu. You pay for Peacock. Why not? Yeah. That's what friends are for, bro. Why not? Yeah, like basically everybody has my MLB account. <laughs> oh, you know, I haven't had that in a couple of years. I gotta get back on them. For you, it's kind of worthless though, because no, you I, get all the Mets games anyway. It's only if I wanted to see like you know Otani or something, if there was some big game. Well, he may be a Seattle Mariner by the end of this week. Is that the rumor? Seattle? No, they, I I'll tell you what, this Otani free agency has been historically tight lipped. Crazy. And 
everything is up. There's people talking about him going to the Braves. People, the everybody still thinks he's going to the Dodgers. But there's some wild teams in there like, oh, you know, the Giants are still in. Oh, you know, the Cubs are still in. You know, the Mariners just made a, a salary dump trade with the Braves. That's because they're oh, yeah, clearing space that, yeah. for Otani. Mm. Oh, you know, so people's minds are very active. But the last word that I heard, and like I said, we record this on Monday. So by the time Thursday this episode drops, Lock things could happen. have changed because the winter meetings are going on now. But people are thinking the Otani thing may be done by the end of the week. Mm, I noticed you you never mentioned the Mets. What happened? I thought uh, I thought we were backing up the truck for him. What happened to that? They do not seem to be in on Otani, but they do seem to be in on a lot of other guys, including Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who is like the Mets. pitcher from Japan right now. Okay. And he's probably going to get around $200 million. They appear to be in on him. There's, it's not a big free agent class so it's these international free agents that are really um keeping the buzz going right now so once these guys start falling off the board you'll see a lot of those depth signings really the best position player as a free agent right now is cody bellinger and he had a good year with the cubs he yeah, it's, been on, it's been on the down climb right but the thing that's the thing he was an mvp yeah. and then he had a very suspect couple of years. Yeah, it's been. That's and why so he's not he, on the. <laughs> last year, he took a one-year prove-it deal with the Cubs, had a very good year, but now it's like, how much are you willing to commit to Cody Bellinger? Do the Yankees want to jump in the deep end of the pool for two hundred and twenty million dollars on Cody Bellinger, or are the Giants going to do Cody something Bellinger. silly because the Giants have been trying to give away money for the past three years now and keep getting turned down by everybody? What's going on with uh, Juan Soto? I saw he's on the trade block. Is that he's happening? on the trade block? Every source I've heard, he will definitely be traded before the beginning of the season, and that could Yankee. be another location for those Seattle Mariners who are clearing oh, out wow. salary space. Oh wow! 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 The Padres were talking to the Yankees about a Juan Soto deal. Yeah, that's what I had heard, and it didn't even involve any of their top prospects. I'm looking at that going, if you're any team in baseball and they're asking for nobody. Nothing. Yeah, what are we doing? Every team should be on this deal. It's fucking one year. Who gives a shit? Oh, well, we're not giving up the prospects if we can't. You're not giving up any of your good prospects anyway, and they're fucking prospects for a reason. Go get Juan Soto for a year and worry about it at the end of the season. 100%. Those prospect that one prospect out of 45 that might hit guys. There was one Yankee pitching prospect who's not even like their top prospect. And one scout says that's way too much to give up for one year of Juan Soto. Fuck you. Who gives a shit? It's Juan Soto. You already know what you're getting. It's pretty fucking good, guys. This fucking pitching <laughs> prospect could blow out his elbow a week and a half in a spring training. Especially, I would be weary for like a hitting prospect, but a pitching prospect, these guys are hurt all the time. Like they just, they don't stay healthy, these pitchers anymore. So remember, I was the guy who in 2013, when Matt Harvey was lighting the world on fire for the Mets, I was the one who wanted to trade him to Boston for Mookie Betts. And everybody told me how stupid I was. Oh, you don't trade a guy like this. He's one 
if they were going to give you Mookie Betts, which was a, a genuine rumor at the time, Matt Harvey for Mookie Betts was a genuine rumor at the time. If I said, you go and do that a hundred times out of a, I will take the position player oh. one for one. I will yes. take the everyday position player over the 35 games at best a year starting pitcher every single time. 100%. Pitching is important, but, you know, there's always pitching. How many times did I try to trade Jacob DeGrom when he was with the Mets? Yeah, I didn't like that one, but, you know, I understand it. You know, but you, you do what you got to do, and look. Look where we at now, right? So if maybe we you could have got him. Jacob DeGrom, if you could have got three or four prospects for him when he still had a year or two years on his contract, knowing full well he hates New York and he wants to leave anyway, you go and make that deal. Yes. But they always try to play the, no, he's he's gonna stay. He's loyal. He's gonna we'll, we'll pay. It. It's like no, he talks about he don't like it. <laughs> like listen to him. Listen to what he's when saying. he does the interviews. No, that's not the truth. I, it was never about New York. I loved my time in New York, brother. All anybody could talk about was how much he hated it in fucking New York. At some point where there's smoke, there's fire. It's true. <laughs> Uh, you watch anything else this week, baby? I watched two big movies this week, Gomez. Ooh, two big ones, huh? Yeah, but we're going to need some intro music for that. Oh, I love intro music. <laughs> Welcome, boys and girls, to Slaying and Slaying. Oh, Joe, it's the most wonderful time of the year, baby. <laughs> welcome to Slaying and Slaying, everybody. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, it's been too long, Joe, right? It's been too long. It's been a year. It's we should fine. do it more often. We should. <laughs> no, I think we're. It's right? fine. Christmas in July. That's the thing, right? <laughs> Just pass on all those big Marvel blockbusters so we can watch some $35 budget horror movie. <laughs> oh, we got one of those coming up. Oh, sure we do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's slaying and slaying time where we watch a nice, wholesome family Christmas movie and we pair it with some disgusting, terrible horror movie. Oh, baby. This week we did. It's a Wonderful Life and a new horror movie. It's a Wonderful Knife. Mm. Let's start with the new movie here, Joe. Let's, right, because everyone knows what It's a Wonderful Life is about, right? The basic premise of that movie, even if you haven't seen it, right? I think it's been around for so long. You kind of know what it's about, right? Yeah, man wishes he was never alive. He's then taken into an alternate timeline, which is the early version of the multiverse and he's shown what the world would be if he had never existed and yeah. the hook is at the end to make him appreciate or him or her i should say i keep saying him i don't want to assume gender here uh the hook is to try to get them to appreciate their life and want to live at the end right Yes, of so course. that's the we last year we did it's a it's a Bundy full life when we watched the two part married with children Christmas special. 
and Al wanted to live just to ruin his family's life because he saw how much better off they were without him. I uh, love it. <laughs> but this movie, it's a wonderful knife. 2023 clocks in at one hour and 27 minutes. And according to IMDb, after saving her town from a psychotic killer, Winnie Carruthers' life is less than wonderful. When she wishes she'd never been born, she finds herself in a nightmare parallel universe where, without her, things are much, much worse. Mm. So this plays off the trend that we've had recently in, in horror movies where we kind of take a horror and we mix it with some other kind of genre, right? We had uh, Happy Death Day, which was a Groundhog's Day mixed in with horror. We had Freaky, which was a Freaky Friday version of a horror movie. So this is kind of the thing lately. These have been fun movies. So here we take the bas basic premise and we have a, a slasher movie thrown into it here. Uh, so we get Jane Whittup starring as Winnie Carruthers here. She's best known, I think, outside of this for being in Yellow Jackets. And we also have some supporting roles from Joel McHale and Justin Long. And the whole deal here is that there is a killer on the loose at Christmas time. And they call him the angel because he's in this long white cloak and mask. And he's attacking a teen Christmas party where he's killed by Winnie. And a year later, people are ignoring it like it just never happened. And she's still having a hard time coming to terms with this and how no one wants to talk to this. And she's basically dealing with this PTSD of having killed this person. Yes. You know, whether murder or not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very traumatic event. And course. she wishes she was never alive. And she's then shown the world where she's active in it no one knows who she is even though she's grown up and gone to school and gone to field hockey and whatever else the kids do nowadays she's been around these people her entire life but they don't know who she is and because she never existed in the first place that killer was never stopped never brought to justice and even killed her brother last year oh my goodness yes that's what he was going after when she killed him the first time. She saved her brother. Not there to save him this time. Uh-oh. So, yeah. Um, it, the movie is just like It's a Wonderful Life, right? The first half is uh, showing you the present day, mm -hmm. what's happening, the slasher. Um, I do love the uh, the look of the killer, right? That's a pretty sexy look. It was a very cool looking. I like. He looked like a, kind of a ghost thing. They call him the angel, yeah. which I thought the was angel, a good yeah. name for it. Yeah, really cool. The only thing is, I mean, not the, the best idea for an outfit all white like that. Yeah. Does this man have a lot of, does he have a lot of these outfits? Because he's killing people and he's looking very fresh. cleanly laundered. Very fresh. So I'm like, what's going on? It reminds me of an old WCW. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan had Sullivan Slaughterhouse. <laughs> And he used to come with like this butcher apron on, and it was always crystal clean white, like fresh from the dry cleaners. And it's like he's supposed to be like some kind of some slaughterhouse guy. There's not a speck of you know even dirt or anything on him. I, I guess, guess he doesn't do much slaughtering. Or maybe you're the best at it, so you know where to 
the precision cut so you don't get it all over the place maybe <laughs> like leatherface he was a professional he had cut up so many people that he That's was right. able to just like that whole kitchen was pristine clean David Beckham type clean. Look how many of our past episodes I just weaved into one reference here. Oh, good. So, yes, I had fun with the first half. The second half, I didn't have as much fun with this movie, Joe. I was not really digging the it's a wonderful life aspect of this of this movie. What, what, What were you feeling here? I just don't get a lot of the motivation for the guy who's the killer. It's I, I get what he's going for. It's like, oh, he can be... It's Justin Long who is... He's the evil real estate agent, right? And he's trying yeah. to buy up all these houses so he could put up whatever he wants. And he runs this town and he's an asshole and we get all that. And he's the killer and he's going to, you know... He's going to kill the old guy who's like standing in his way from buying up that last piece of property he needs, which I'm like, okay, I could kind of see that. I would kind of kill a couple people for some property or whatever. But then I just don't get why he just starts showing up at the teen parties and killing them. It's like, what do they have to do with anything? Like, you got your property. What are you doing here now? Like, you out in the woods trying to kill Winnie Carruthers' younger brother, who's the son of like your top employee. Like what and their friends, like, what are you even doing at this point? Like now I've lost it. You gotta tell me more about the motivation here. I agree. It is it is a good plan. Except that I mean, after a while, this has been going on for a year while this girl is gone. Bro, you ain't moving. You ain't like, what are we doing? Like people, people having are having parties still allowed out of their house. That's what I yeah. mean. Is like the killer has been there for a full year. Once she wishes to ne- have never been alive yeah, for a full year, the angel has been making appearances and killing people. And crazy. Everybody's <laughs> acting like now. Nah. It is a small town. This town looks to be about the size of the town in it's a wonderful life so it's one of those small towns where everybody knows each other when they light the town christmas tree literally that's what everybody does they all go to the town square it looks like fucking oshkosh wisconsin when i go wrestle for fucking uh swoggle up there it's a very quaint little homely town gilmore girls (laughs) yeah it's like exactly like that and you think you know, you want your kids out there just no. tempting fate every day for a year and come Christmas time, just be like, all right, be back by 11. It's crazy. People go to school, people have parties, people just live in their life. I get you're supposed to live your life, right? But at a certain point, it's like, what are we doing? That's insane. So yeah, I uh, you know, I had some problems with the movie. I'm I'm a little upset because I've been hearing good things. And, uh, you know, I wasn't feeling it. Another horror movie from this year that I just wasn't feeling that everyone seems to be enjoying. I don't think this is horrible. I didn't say it. No, it's not. At the same time, it's very very mid. It's mediocre. And when I look at ratings around the internet, IMDb, 5.3. Rotten Tomatoes, 54%. So now that it's out, it's coming down. People ain't enjoying it like I've been hearing. So... early reviews that I read from people who watched it while it got its limited theater release were like very enthusiastic about it. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's I've been hearing for weeks. How great. 
I don't get actually. that. I don't no. get that at all. There's a lot of development. It's very messy. It's a messy yes, movie. Yes, it, it really is. There's a lot of development. Kind of, I just, I, I would think it's left on the floor somewhere or just wasn't written in. It's like they had this concept and didn't really have a way to flesh it all out. So you kind of got it's what you the got. Idea. Yeah. And then you get this relationship at the end that is basically a matter of convenience between the girl and then the other girl who becomes her love interest at the end of the movie. And then it just throws the whole movie into disarray because the love interest happens to remember the girl, oh, yeah. Winnie, from the previous timeline, even though she wished for her life back. So technically, she shouldn't have been friends, let alone do anything with her. Yeah, it's there's a lot of lot of not good here. A yeah, lot even, that could have been in, in, as a concept. I think this I could have idea. been a good movie. It's a great idea. That's the problem. You go, oh, that's a fucking great idea. I got to write this. And then you just kind of, you know, I, I feel uh, maybe is the movie too short? Should the movie be a little longer? Should we not rush through that second half so much? Even the first half is very fast. Like I said, it's it's, so, so much of it is just because there's there's no motivation. There's no development. There's Everyone's no, motivation, too. Is, it's it's not just the, the mayor. Everyone's motivation is the way everyone I, acts. Everyone. It's kind of like, what are we doing? Why would you act like that? Why would you do this? Why would you do that? Because even in the world where she doesn't exist, it turns out her father is in on it with the yeah. boss, who's the you know the mayor now. But the boss killed his son, so now he's like, you, you haven't killed him. Like you, I, it's just, it's just very sloppy, very very sloppily written and put together. And I don't know whether that was a script thing or a directing thing or an editing thing, but this movie just, like, it's it's got potential. As an idea, this could work. It just doesn't. Very, very disappointing to hear. I was I was hoping to start us off with a bang, and look at this. So this was on Shudder. Hopefully you guys watched it, watched along. We'd love to know what you think. But, yeah, for me, mm, not the worst thing I've ever seen, but you get kind of agitated because you see where the potential could have been. 100%. 100%. I'm sitting there like, mm, oh, that's what they went with it? Okay. Mm, like, I'm just kind of, I mean, obviously, it's never good to do that, but I'm like sitting there second guessing every choice they make because yeah. I felt like, oh, they made that choice. Oh, they decided to do that. You know, mm, sad to see. I was hoping to have a, a new rotation, a new movie in the rotation for the holidays. Maybe I'll give it another try soon, but I'll we'll tell see. you, we watched a movie last year that's going to be in my. Christmas season rotation forever. And that's called Anna and the Apocalypse. And that movie is great. The soundtrack is great. I listened, I've listened to that soundtrack throughout the year. I love it. You know, since we watched that movie originally. If you haven't seen that, definitely go check that out. Last year it was on Tubi, I believe, when we watched it. I don't know if it's still up there. It's on Shudder at the moment. Shudder and AMC Plus, if you have those. But that's a movie that if you haven't seen, Definitely go check that out. Go out of your way to see Anna and the Apocalypse and put that that one in your rotation. Woo! I fucking love that, baby. It's like, fuck this movie. You know what's a good one? Woo! That's my boy. Like you said, you're you're always looking to have that new movie added in. Yes. And Anna and the Apocalypse is a movie that deserves to be there. 
I did my job last year. I'm so happy. This year is not looking so good. <laughs> this year uh, off to a slow start. <laughs> it's not so good. <laughs> so now let, let's 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 go to the nice movie. Let's you want you want to hit music now or save it to the end? I was gonna save it to the end and okay. see where they both rank, where they line up here. Um it's a wonderful life. Have you seen this movie before, Joe? Because this is a classic. No. This is a movie that plays every year. Yes. A hundred thousand times. <laughs> I've just... seen the commercial for it a hundred thousand times. I've never watched it because growing up, I wasn't watching anything that was in black and white. I just I, wasn't. I agree. I, listen, I put this movie on. I said, hey, Shadow, look, let's what you want to watch this movie. It's 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 a classic. She went, ew, there's no color. And I said, forget it. I said, I'm not going to win this battle. I said, I'll just stop. I get it. I get it, bro. It's a long-ass time ago we didn't have no color. So it's hey, weird. I'll be honest. I remember renting Clerks for the first time on VHS oh, when that first came fuck? out on video. <laughs> and I just had heard from people at school, like, you got to see this Clerks movie. And I was just like... Okay, I'll go rent it. I rent it. I get home. I pop it in the VCR. It's black and white. And I'm going, what the fuck? Is, is something wrong with this tape? And then I turn over the case from Blockbuster, and it says at the bottom, you know, whatever, 90 minutes BMW. Yeah. And I go, you got to be fucking. Bro, we're in 1994, and you're giving me BMW? What? Uh, I get it, 100%. I never had a problem with black and white because I always watched movies with my mom. So we were watching, you know, Turner Classic, AMC. You know, we were watching those old movies. So I, I never had a problem. But I know a lot of my friends did. So when they say things like that, I go, I get it. I understand. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. So, yeah, it's a wonderful life. I've I've seen it, of course, but... It's not on my rotation or anything. Like, I like it, but it's not like, oh, I need to watch It's a Wonderful Life this year. You know, if it's on, maybe I leave it on. Maybe I don't. It's just, it's a movie I've seen. I enjoyed. I haven't gone back in years. Years I haven't seen this movie. It's on Amazon. That was good. Amazon Prime, nice and free. And uh, it's a little long, this movie, huh, Joe? This movie's a little long. Two hours and ten minutes. Also, it's on Roku. If you guys have a Roku... Oh. Uh, one of the guys in the group brought it up that it's also on the Roku channel for free as well. Oh, I remember the Roku channel, right? Because we have to watch Weird that Al. Weird Al Yankovic movie. <laughs> the only place you can fucking see Weird Al. <laughs> I love it. Fucking Roku. Tea. That's good to know, though. I, I do. I need to check that out. There's probably some gems on there. You never know, bro. Mm. Two hours and ten minutes. And I feel like we all know the story. But IMDB says... Mm, that's true. What's the official word? An angel is sent from heaven to help a desperately frustrated businessman by showing him what life would have been like if he had never existed. Mm. Now, where It's a Wonderful Knife kind of zooms through the story here, It's a Wonderful Life... Boy, they take their time to get to that They're hook, huh? Sweet ass fucking time. That fucking angel don't show up. There's like 10 minutes left. The angel's like, I guess I should come out here. And uh... I think the angel <laughs> is only in the movie for like a grand total of 16 minutes. <laughs> I was joking about 10 minutes. That's great. <laughs> uh... Now, this movie opens with 
what looks like a piece of black construction paper yes. on a light bright set. Yes. The, and the universe. Is, <laughs> and if you ever have a kid, like Gomez says, his eight-year-old did not want to watch this movie because it's in black and white. Well, not only does she not want to watch it because of that, but show her this opening scene first. I dare you to show any of your kids this opening scene with a fucking blinking light bright telling them, oh, George Bailey, yeah, oh, ooh, ooh, hard time. Hard. It sounds like a Robin Williams bit. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, George Bailey, hard times, hard times. Really going through it. Uh, it's terrible. It's the truth. I, so, like I said, I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't remember that's how the fucking movie opens, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is, oh, okay, the, oh, the angels are talking? What, what is happening here? I'm sure... This looks state of the art in 1946. Oh, forget about it. It was like, holy shit, they filmed in space. <laughs> well, watching it 80 years after the fact was like, no, oh my God. <laughs> uh, one of the things that hits me really early in this film is we're getting, you don't even really know it's a flashback, but they're kind of. The story is set up where the angel is finding out the history of the yeah, character George Bailey life. here. Yeah. He's watching his life. And very early on, there's a scene where, as a boy, George's brother falls through the ice and he's rescued. But they say something like, oh, he was born in 1909. And I'm going, holy fuck. Like, that's a long fucking time that ago. Is. And to time. think that, like, that would be an appropriate year to write for a person in a movie at some point. <laughs> like when you, do, when you do the yeah. math, you know, you carry the one and bring it over. Yeah, it makes and all sense. That. And you're like, holy shit, like 1909 was a real thing. That's what they do. The kids, they, they say the 1990s, that's the late 1900s, bro. That's how kids talk about us. This is this is crazy. I read something recently <laughs> where it was like, if they were to do that 70s show at the yep. same timeline now, we'd be doing it about the 2000s. Yeah, and I'm like, 100%. how the fuck? Is, like, what even was the 2000s? Like, the yeah. 70s has a very 70s vibe to it. The 80s has a very distinct vibe and design to it. The 90s even. I can give you the 90s. What even was the 2000s? Fucking Axe Body Spray? <laughs> there wasn't much because that's when we start we start going into nostalgia and we start bringing things back. Yeah, good point. Because you know? like that's the problem now, right? The 2020s, it's all nostalgia-based. Like, yeah. what are the 2020s? What are the 2010s? It's all like, oh, remember? We started dressing like we did then and this. So, I don't know. I have no idea what anything culture is going to be something else in a couple of years. Yeah. Like, how do you do like one of those VH1? I love the 2020 show now. Like, yeah. What would you remember? We, we, we talked about loving the eighties. <laughs> remember that? It's like, that's what it is. It's we're talking about something else. Like I love the 2010s. Is that going to be like, Oh, we all listen to that one direction song. Jim Tan laundry. Uh, high school musical. Like, <laughs> Even that's the 2000s. That's that long ago now. Jesus. So in this movie, we get James Stewart as George Bailey. Donna Reed as Mary Hatch. Those names feel like household names because of how often they were said in those commercials that we would see every year. Well, we're, you know, as we do our nostalgia based TV show uh, podcast. Are you 
are you familiar with uh, Mr. Jimmy Stewart? Like uh, I know the name, but I, I like I know he did. What was it? Mr. Smith goes to Washington. I think sure. it's probably <laughs> what I know him best from. Really? Okay. Yeah, but like I, I said, I, I never saw this. Like I, the name is very familiar. Yes, sure. No, that is one of his big ones. But me, I always think of uh, Real Window Hitchcock. Oh, okay. So that, but and then of course this one, you know, like obviously. Like uh, I think of him in this only from hearing the name. Like tune in Tuesday night to see no, James I, Stewart. I totally Donna remember Reed. that commercial. Yeah, because yeah. it's so dramatic and the music. Like it was, just, I, and then like it ends with him going. Like it's like the end of the movie. Like they show like a clip of him talking to everybody. Oh, so funny. When he looks up into the camera, does a freeze frame as he pumps one fist in the air and says, it's just a wonderful life. It's like John oh, so- Bender on the football field at the end of the breakfast club. Hey, 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 hey. Ooh. <laughs> so uh, we go through this 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 boy's life. How you like him getting slapped up by that pharmacist? So I'm a fucking gangster. <laughs> for those of you who have not watched this, it took me, I, I don't want to say it took me a while to understand what was going on, that what we were watching was actually a flashback and not happening live. But it, as it kicks in, finally, um, this young boy is doing child labor at a pharmacy, and he's basically he's just better. serving up ice creams and sodas, which seems like a good gig for what appears to be a, a eight-year-old. It's like 10 or 2. <laughs> he's like, he ain't, he ain't much. He notices the pharmacist puts poison from a big ass bottle distinctly labeled poison in this medicine and instead of saying hey boss you probably put poison in this he brings it to his dad's office to be like hey dad I think the guy put poison in this what should I do and he ends up not even being able to tell his dad because the Dad's evil busy. banker yes. is there, Mr. Potter. And he's basically trying to buy out the dad's business because he is also big on evil real estate. And he wants to take over the whole town of Bedford Falls. Yes, the money. Now, when the kid finally gets back to the shop, the pharmacist is like, hey, you fucking brat piece of shit. Why wasn't this medicine delivered? And he smacks him so fucking hard upside the head. And the actor who played the young kid, that was a shoot. His ear started bleeding from being smacked in the side of the fucking head. He said the the guy who played the pharmacist was legitimately drunk during the filming of that scene and just slapped the fuck out of him. Because that shit is rough, bro. Mister, please, please. Holy shit. I'm like, yo, this movie's crazy. I thought it's a fun movie here. What the fuck? I didn't know beating your kids was I, I don't know. I just I've never been I understand you get a little slap here and there when you're a bad kid, but like this kid fucking caught it. And it ain't his kid. And it is it's not his even work. your kid, exactly. It's his worker. You complain about your jobs, huh? Fuck. Now, what I didn't know is that this movie is actually based on a short story called The Greatest Gift, which is uh, written by Philip Van Doren Stern. And it was a story he had been trying to get published, couldn't do it. So he tried to release it as a greeting card. And as the greeting card was passed around, 
RKO pictures, someone from them came across it, decided, hey, maybe we can do something with this. Let's buy the rights of this story and turn it into a movie script. And they eventually sold it to uh, Liberty, who was, uh, I forget the name of the director now, Frank Capra. Frank, it was Frank Capra's company who he ends up directing this movie. He did a, does a bunch of stuff. Um, but he ends up buying the rights to the, the movie rights to this story from RKO. But that's how this story originated. Was it, it was almost a greeting card. A, a greeting what kind of greeting what did they have? What kind of greeting cards did they have in the 40s? Apparently like, it was going to be like an 11 page greeting card. What does that mean? Like, what the fuck? That's a fucking card. <laughs> Oh my god. So we, we get all these little tidbits of George Bailey's childhood, and eventually he grows up into be like a 40-year-old man who's going out with a high school girl at the dance. Yes, he's supposed to be in high school. It's like, bro, there's no way this man is in high school right now. <laughs> That's one of the things he he plays, James Stewart plays George Bailey between in the movie between the ages of 21 and 38. And he looked exactly the same <laughs> for all of those years. They just put a, sh- a sweater on him. Look, That's I'm a thing. kid. They, they, like... At one point, he's wearing a suit jacket. At one point, he's wearing an old man sweater. And <laughs> he shows up at that local high school to court this girl, Mary, as played by Donna Reed, who has always had a crush on him since they were kids. And now she's getting ready to graduate, and, he, and George wants nothing to do with it. George wants to live his life. He's as free as a bird now, and he's going to go and see the world. He's going to learn how to build things. The one thing he's definitely not doing, staying in Bedford Falls and marrying Mary Hatch. So, Peace of out, course, bro. what fucking happens? He gets stuck in Bedford Falls and marries Mary Hatch and begins what appears to be the most miserable life in the history of planet Earth. I don't know what's so wonderful about this life, bro. <laughs> what? Could you, like, I'm shocked he didn't try to jump off the bridge fucking 15 years before. Bro, the minute his brother was like, nah, I ain't taking this job. What? <laughs> Fuck out of here, bro. Everything he ever wanted in life goes to shit. Everything. The second he has a dream, it fucking lights on fire and burns right before his very eyes as he's caught clutching at the ashes of dreams. (laughs) It's like it's I feel very bad for this man. He has all these hopes and aspirations. And nah, bro, you just got to suck it up and do the thing. He doesn't get to live out a single one of his dreams a single one everything he has ever hoped and dreamed to do in his life goes to shit he doesn't want to get married he's adamant about not getting married all of a sudden he's married he's adamant about not wanting children he's got four kids he's adamant about not wanting to inherit his father's business he ends up inheriting the father's business because there's no one else who says you gotta do it fucking take off bro bedford falls goes to sleep at the same time every night you can sneak out under the cloak of darkness No one will see you, and we don't even have the internet, so no one will ever be able to find you again, George Bailey. And then when his business goes under, he's there 
pulling money out of his own wallet meant for his own vacation to try to save a business that he couldn't care less about. What are you doing? Poor bastard. Terrible life choices one after another. Gotta have some agency, bro. Step up. Fuck this shit. To make matters worse, and I'm giving you the George Bailey perspective, how I view him as an outsider. But I look at Mary, and I go, Mary Mary has had a crush on George since they were kids. She would go to the pharmacy just to sit at the bar and get a soda from George and be because she had a crush, a childhood crush, and it's lovely. I love that shit, because what do we know about me? I love Love, love, bro. But they finally get together. They do a little dance at the high school. The This one guy's mad that George gets to dance with Mary instead of him, and he hits a button where the floor opens up, and there's a pool underneath. George and Mary go toppling into the pool. So that guy's happy until they make it the cool thing to it's do. Cool, everybody's doing and, it, and bro. everybody just starts jumping into the pool. And the guy who's upset and opened it in the first place is there, like waving his fist of rage. <laughs> Why I order? <laughs> and that guy who opened that, hit that button, and opened that pool, Gomez. That's actor Carl Switzer, who is best known for playing Alfalfa on the original Our Gang Little Rascals show. Oh, that's awesome. Look at him. Finally got another role after all those years. Well, he wasn't credited for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But he's, they end up appearing to have a great time at this date. It becomes the date. He walks Mary home. They're singing the songs. Buffalo guy, won't you come out tonight? I guess that's the hit of all 1946. <laughs> You know them all. <laughs> you know, I just got my Spotify wrapped, and I'm still listening to Spice Up Your Life after all these years. So Buffalo Gal, once you come out tonight, must be the chart topper oh. of the first half of the century back then. You know what I found out about this song, Gomez? What'd you find they made out? different versions of it, depending on what town it was going to be played in. So it'd okay. be like, Chicago Gal, won't you come out tonight? Interesting. New York Gal, won't you come out tonight? But Buffalo Gal becomes the popular version of it because people didn't realize it meant Buffalo the town. They thought it meant Buffalo like the Native American type Buffalo, like Tatanka Buffalo. (laughs) Tatanka Buffalo. So, yeah, like we said, uh, that angel, he just watches every little fucking detail of this guy's life. And eventually he's like, somehow he thinks this guy has it good. He's like, oh, what could he possibly be upset about? This guy, he's got everything he needs. Misery, <laughs> debt. <laughs> what else do you need in life? His business is constantly faltering. They're constantly having to borrow from Peter to pay Paul. We're in part of the depression here at one point. Like, I don't understand what what is wonderful about this life. So when it gets to the point that Uncle Baby Billy... And I can't, because the guy's name is Uncle Billy, and all I could say to myself was, oh, Uncle Baby Billy, the whole time. Somehow he loses $8,000 in cash. That's a lot of of money in 1940, bro. In 1946. Here we go. What is this? I can't wait. If he lost $8,000, and just, just poof, 
They're going to retrace his foot. Oh, let's look in the street for this $8,000. Let me tell you, if you've left $8,000 in 2023 in the street, I'm picking that up and I ain't telling you shit. I don't care about Bedford Falls. I don't care about community. If I find eight grand in cash, that's going into my pocket. I'm going to find a way to sneak that into some fucking weird account somewhere. And I'm going on a vacation. All thanks to Uncle Billy's haphazardness. <laughs> but we say $8,000 is a lot of money to me now. Sure, it is. Of course. You know is. how much $8,000 in 1946 would be worth now? Because I looked it up. I pulled up an inflation calculator. I punched in the numbers. And $8,000 back then would be worth one hundred thirty-six thousand seven hundred forty-two dollars and sixty-seven cents in twenty-twenty-three dollars. Can you imagine losing a hundred grand? <laughs> imagine having that in cash and just walk out. Oh, I must have dropped it in the street. Oh my god! I'm a little worried about you though. Saying that if you found money in the street, you're just gonna pick it up. You gotta be careful, bro. Someone's gonna be looking for that money. You can't. You gotta. You know, but you now we gotta movies. be now we gotta be careful because they put the ink packets in, in the money. Yeah, bro. you know, and there's cameras everywhere. Sure. So that's Someone... the kind of shit. But back in 1946, sure, in 1940, Bedford, you taking the money? I get it. Yeah, 1940, <laughs> it's going right in my pocket. <laughs> finally, we get to the situation now. The business is going. This is what is finally the breaking point for old George Bailey here. He's fine because Uncle Billy lost eight grand. Now it's fucking over. He can't handle it. He's he's yelling at his kids. He yelled at his his kids' teacher over the phone. And I love watching people use the old phones in the forties or the thirties. Whenever this movie is set, depending on what part of the timeline we're in, that old phone is terrific. Love it. But this is what finally sets him over the edge. And as he goes to jump off the bridge, we're finally introduced to our angel Clarence. Yes. And what does Clarence do to get George Bailey to snap out of it momentarily and not jump off the bridge? Clarence gets George Bailey to jump off the fucking bridge. He jumps. That's his way of saving him. (laughs) Clarence pretends to be drowning in the fucking river or whatever is under this bridge. And George has to dive in and rescue him in the dead of winter in what is supposed to be freezing, icy temperatures in this water. And George Bailey takes his time off to remove his coat and dive in like Mark Spitz in 1976 and fucking go get Clarence, where they're then rescued by I don't even know who, but he looks like the fucking gas station attendant from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he takes them back, both back to a room that looks reminiscent of the guy's, the gas station attendant's room in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, (laughs) where they can get warm. And Clarence just starts talking to him about angels and shit. And at that point, I would have been like, bro, shut the fuck up. Yes. Like, can you just lock this fucking drunk bastard up talking about angels? Get him out of my face. Oh my God. I love it. I do love, though. I'm going to jump off this thing and kill myself, but I'm going to jump off a set. What, so what? He would have jumped in and get, he was just cold? And he would like, what, what was killing him if he could just jump in? And 
I don't understand. I guess he would have jumped in feet first instead. I don't know. <laughs> that would have really been rough. It's so funny. But either way, he sees life without him is not very good. Mr. Potter, the evil banker, takes over everything. Everybody basically lives in subservience to Mr. Potter. And George decides he wants to live because now all of a sudden he misses those kids that he never wanted in the first place. He gets his life back, shows up back at the house. They've apparently been looking for him. And guess what? All the residents of Bedford Falls are bringing a basket full of money for him. And wouldn't you know it, it just magically ends up to $8,000. It's a Christmas miracle. And I don't know how income tax worked in in 1946, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure, you know, there's a gifting limit. (laughs) Like nowadays, you can't gift more than $10,000 to a person, you know? Now, I don't know what that was in 1946 dollars, but I can, if we use the same rate of inflation, I can guarantee that it's very much less than $8,000. It's probably like if I bought Gomez a soda pop in 1946, he would have to declare that as income. (laughs) That's an expensive soda pop, bro. (laughs) It must be good. It's that real cocaine in there. I cannot believe this movie is regarded as a classic. I cannot believe that the people involved in this movie regarded it as the best thing they've ever done. I cannot believe. Actually, I can believe. I can believe that this movie was a box office fucking flop. Oh, wow. (laughs) I can believe that this movie had no fucking audience for 30 fucking years. It's so funny how this always happens. No one watches these movies. How many movies are fucking Black Adam's going to be the greatest movie for fucking Shiloh's grandkids, bro? (laughs) This movie back then had a budget of $3.7 million, which was astronomical at the time. And a lot of it had to do with these very elaborate sets that they built for this movie. Took over two months to build over 75 buildings over a four-acre area of Encino, California. Wow, so they just built a little town instead of They built a town. Crazy, Jesus, wow. $3.7 million budget takes in $3.3 million. At the box office was number 26 most successful film of the year at the box office. This is not a movie that was an automatic hit. This was not a movie that was ever thought to be a Christmas, a classic, let alone a Christmas classic. They weren't going for that at all with this movie. It just so happens that the copyright for this movie lapses in 1974. So it becomes available royalty-free to any station that wants to air it until 1994. Wow. And of course, stations start hearing All free, day, free, bro. free, free, All free, free. And they pay the living shit out of this. And especially during the 80s where it gets such heavy rotation and especially during the holiday season. And people now regard it as this absolute Christmas classic. 
That's very interesting. Wow. It was manufactured, bro. It's not real. Yeah. Unbelievable. In fact, it gets to the point where it's even added to the Library of Congress's National Film Registry in 1990. Damn. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Like I said, people gas this up. People love this movie. We've heard from people who hate this movie this week. As we said, yes. we were coming up on watching it. We had people who were saying, I can't wait. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. We had people say, I can't wait. This is one of my least favorite movies of all time. I got to be honest with you. This is not good. Oh, no. There is so many issues. And I'm catching myself because I don't know whether I'm grading it through the prism of 2023 or as a person who's sitting there in 1946. I guess at the end of the day, I got to sit there and go, you know what? It's a good story. It's a good moral. It's a good thing to think about that you matter and that people need you here and people love you and people want you here. And that's for all people. And when you think that there's no way out, there's people who care. And that's something nice to tell people because- sure. Every single one of us has gone through an issue where we felt like we had no way out. And somehow, if we're here today, we found our way out. Some people haven't, and that's a shame. So at the end of the day, for giving people hope, whether it's that $8,000 is just going to show up on their fucking coffee table right before Christmas... And Clarence, who apparently is going to do nothing of worth, is going to get his wings. <laughs> if that's what it takes to get you to believe to go on another day, then go on and believe that. And I'm happy you found something to take something, uh, take a message out of this and push you on one more day. This goes on to be ranked AFI's number 20th film of all time when they did their list in 2007. Get the fuck out of here. I, wow. That's crazy. You want to say Christmas? Like, get out of here. Wow. Just. But Goma is my favorite thing that I learned about It's a Wonderful Life. The FBI. What the fuck? I, I bet you weren't planning on hearing FBI. No, not at all. I you got think, one more thing. FBI. What the fuck? You say, It's a Wonderful Life. This is a really pleasant holiday classic. You know, my grandparents probably love this shit. The FBI flagged this film as communist propaganda in 1947 due to the portrayal of the banker, Mr. Potter, as the oh most hated God. man because he's a capitalist. Oh. And that portraying the capitalist as horrible people was a common trick used by wow. the communists. Fucking funny, bro. And the writers of this movie apparently had close relationships with known communists. <laughs> That's crazy. The communist movie is the one we all regard as a holiday classic. Oh, Joe, let's hit some music. Let's wrap let's up it. this week of Slay It and Slay It. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? 
All right, folks. Week one of Slain and Slain is in the books. Ah, doesn't sound didn't sound so good here. Let's let's get our official word here from Joe. Let's start with it's a wonderful knife. How are we feeling there on the main man standard? It's a wonderful knife frustrates me for a lot of reasons. And the biggest one is because I see potential in what could be a good movie. I see there's a movie in there that I would enjoy watching, and this just isn't that movie. And I don't know why it's not that movie. Like, why is this the movie that they chose to give us when there is so many different areas, it feels, to give us something more? And I feel like we got cheaped out of that somehow. Uh, so it's a wonderful knife. I'm going to give a one and a half main man. Single and a half star. I'm close there, which I'm going to give it a two. Um, very disappointed with this movie. I've been hearing about it all year. I don't need to hear about it. Just the, the premise of the movie makes me excited for it, right? Like I was excited already. And uh, another horror movie has fallen flat for me in 2023. Very upsetting. So upsetting. Maybe in a couple years, we'll give this another try. You know, someone will come up with the same similar idea, tweak it a little bit. And uh, we can see that. Very upsetting. Oh, so sad. So uh, that wasn't so good. So the other one, we have to have it better, right? With the regular slaying movie. Yeah, I think the classic It's a Wonderful Life is a better movie than It's a Wonderful Knife. It's just I had low expectations coming in. I wasn't expecting to like this movie. I mean, such a long time has passed that just in the movie-making process, things are so unbelievably different. Like, we're literally watching a piece of construction paper with a light bulb flickering behind it in the opening scene. And that's supposed to be our angels talking to God or something. And there's just so much in this movie where I look at it and where George finally gets his redemption. You look at it and go, what are we really rescuing? This is a guy who never achieved a single thing that he ever wanted to. This is not the guy who should be telling this story. And that's really my biggest issue with it. I can see almost like the killing joke. If I can make a Batman reference. Wow. Interesting. Every, every man will sometimes have one bad day. And that could lead to a very different direction in that person's life. George Bailey has not had one bad day. He hasn't had one bad week. George Bailey hasn't had one bad decade. He has had a lifetime of disappointment. And to think that this is the straw that broke the camel's back when he has nothing he ever hoped for He's never changed any of his feelings. We never get like he's a changed man and he wants to settle down and he wants that family and he wants those kids and he wants Mary. That's never been there. It's just that all of a sudden he's there and he doesn't know what to do otherwise because he's stuck in Bedford Falls. So now he has no choice but to be stuck in this situation. He's not the person that should be telling this story. So for that, I and if you love this movie, 
I I get it. Maybe it just hit you at the right time. Maybe just the the overarching message of the movie just speaks to you in some way. I completely get that. But for me, as someone watching it for the first time and knowing the premise of this movie, the premise of this story, what this is about, and hearing for years about what a classic, what an inspirational story, blah, 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 blah. I come away from here going, you guys lied to me. This isn't the story you made it out to be. This is a wolf in sheep's clothing. And he was finally trying to get out. I don't know if he's happy. He may be happy in the interim because now, you know, he didn't jump off the bridge and a bunch of people dropped money. So they bailed him out of this one instance. What happens next week when something else happens? I was gonna ask, how long? How long before he's jumping off that bridge again? How much? <laughs> and that's where I go when the kid gets sick like, at school we next doing? week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> George Bailey is still an him. unhappy man. You've bailed him out of one singular situation. There's no way that he appreciates everything that's gone on. And even when you see, like, they take him back and like, oh, your brother died and. 1911 because you weren't there to save him okay what what did he really miss out on nothing the town the a bunch of townspeople had their town taken over by the evil banker but you know what they're still there they still got to go to work in the morning they still got to do what they were going to do they're just a little bit less happy about it because a little less happy (laughs) but for george bailey their happiness means his unhappiness. So for that reason, I give this movie a double main man, two stars. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah, I give it two, two and a half. You know, uh, it's okay. It's just, uh, it's always just been something that's there, and I get why people could like it. I totally get why people like it. It's a very nice movie, a nice message. But, uh, yeah, George Bailey, bro, it's a rough life. It's a rough life. It's a rough to full life. <laughs> oh, what That's the name episode. of the episode this week. What an episode we've had this week. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, week one is down. of slide is slide. Um, Let's see how week two turns out. Let's see. Uh, when I started this. I had four choices to fit into three weeks. So this week, I'm going to let you decide, Joseph. In one hand, I have one theme. and the other, I have another theme. I don't know which is in which hand. And now we're going to go left or right, Joe. Which oh, this one is your do you want? Gomez doing his big RVD impersonation. Pick a hand right now. I'm going to take your left hand, Gomez. In the left hand, we have. Let's see. Oh, it's a good one. Okay. This week, remember, we started this slaying and slaying. One of the first themes we did was which one's scarier, right? We said, what's the scarier version? Is it the Michael Keaton Jack Frost or is it the evil snowman Jack Frost? 
and we learned that it might have well been the Michael Keaton Jack Frost. I'm not going to lie. But also the evil snowman Jack Frost. Don't take a bath with that snowman. <laughs> so this week, we're going to do, once again, which is scarier? Is it the 2000s version of the Grinch who stole Christmas oh, on Jim Carrey? Or is it you gotta the be 2022 me. version called The Mean One? An evil killer Grinch is on the loose. <laughs> you know, so I hate this 2000 version, the Jim Carrey Grinch. But I'm boozing with the toys a couple months ago. We had Steph Delander. And we were, some some movie thing come up and... It turns out her favorite movie of all time, and I I wanted to punch myself in the nuts when I heard this. Her favorite movie of all time is the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. She shouldn't be allowed to have opinions. <laughs> uh, if you want to say it's your favorite Christmas movie because of a certain age you grew up in, sure. But just your number one favorite movie, that's just, you need to watch more movies, honey. Unbelievable. That is horrendous, horrendous, yeah. horrendous. I thought I was having an aneurysm. Wow, that is I can't. I'm just I'm stupefied. Uh, <laughs> so where can we catch these movies, Gomez? Well, here's the dilemma: The Grinch was on something, and now it's not there no more. So that's upsetting. But it's okay because the Grinch. Who needs that? The mean one. This one's going to be on the Twitch stream. It was always going to be on the Twitch stream. This is okay. a. It's on VOD. You can find it. You could pay three, four dollars on Amazon, Apple TV, wherever you rent your movies. It's there. But I'm going to show this on the Twitch stream for everybody all weekend long. I jumped on for one showing of uh, it's a wonderful knife on Saturday night because I was out in PA. I was had a busy weekend, so I couldn't do my. All day stream, so I did get one stream in. We had one or two guests in there watching along, good times. Um, but this weekend, we're gonna do it all all weekend long. The mean one every two hours will be playing like we usually do with some fun little uh things in between. Mm -hmm. But that's for next week, Gomez. Yes, let's uh let's wrap this one up here, baby. Good. It's now time for the Big Finish. All right, Joe. We got to spin a wheel, baby. Do it. Let's spin it. Today's big finish. It landed on favorite soda pop. What's your favorite kind of sodas? I know some people like to call everything a Coke. We ain't doing that. These are real things. Orange <laughs> soda, grape soda. We're going we gonna to find out what we like here. Here we go. Wild Cherry Pepsi runaway winner number one. Ooh, see, I might... As much as I love a wild cherry, I do just love a regular Pepsi. And I treat myself every once in a while with the cherry, especially at the movie theaters, right? That's a go-to at the movie theater. We get a cherry 
a cherry drink. I'm just gonna go good old fashioned Pepsi Cola. No, no, no cherry. Well, you used to be able to get wild cherry Pepsi in the fountain here and there. Taco Bell used to have it for a while. Yeah. Now it's like impossible to find. So fountain wild cherry Pepsi is like a fucking unicorn right now. So whenever, like if I stop at a gas station, I got a road trip ahead of me and I can get a wild cherry Pepsi, you better believe I'm getting a fucking wild cherry Pepsi. Uh, number two for me, I'm on a kick right now with orange Fanta. It's the best. It's the so best. good. It's not something I drink regularly, but like someone just brought me a Fanta one day and I was like, man, wanna Fanta? Don't you wanna? And I wanna. I wanna Fanta. I'm going Fanta number two, but I'm going to go grape Fanta. I love me some grape. Orange is good. Pineapple. Delicious Fanta. I love them all. But mm. grape? Mm, give me a grape Fanta with some Chinese food. Oh, nothing better, bro. Nothing better. And for me, number three, Dr. Pepper. I love a Dr. Pepper. It's cola, but it's not, but it's still delicious, and I like it. And you can find it pretty much everywhere. It makes it very accessible to have. So even if you're in, like, weird towns, even if they got Mr. Pib, if you're in a Mr. Pib town... You could still get Dr. Pepper. Man, this third one's hard because I do love Dr. Pepper. I love some Boggs root beer. Mm-hmm. Mm, man, I don't know. I think even a cream. We're going to go with the root beer. We're going to do a Boggs root beer. I love a nice root beer, especially with a slice of pizza. Oh, Maron, baby. The to best. Me, the, there's something about pizza and chinese food with soda i don't yes. want a beer i like i don't no. want i want pizza and chinese food there's just something about it for me to have it with a soda 100 percent. those are all my two go-to's the movie theater pizza chinese that's when i really have a soda i try not to have soda too much those are special occasions where i treat myself you know you gotta treat yourself uh, thank you guys for listening to the Car Jomez podcast. Remember to hit that subscribe button, leave a five star review, follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Car Jomez pod. Remember to subscribe, leave a comment, hit that like button, share it with your friends. You can follow all my stuff over at the Joe Shoes on all the social media platforms next week. I will be appearing in Queens, New York for ICW No Holds Barred. And what will I be doing there? Well, you're going to have to buy a ticket and find out. That's icwnhb.eventbrite.com for tickets. Oh, baby. Can't wait. I'm the Gomez154, Instagram and Twitter. And this week, the Twitch stream is live. All weekend long, we're going to be watching The Mean One, an evil killer Grinch movie. Oh, boy. I have not seen it. I don't know if it's a piece of shit. I mean, I can't imagine it's not a piece of shit, but we'll find (laughs) out together, folks. (laughs) And we're also watching The Grinch, starring Jim Carrey, who is probably one of the most influential actors of my life. When you think about Ace Ventura and the mask at the point in my life, my adolescence, I was when those movies came out. Uh, But, you know, they're all not home runs. So we'll be watching that Grinch movie as well. Thank you guys for listening. But Gomez, 
It's time to make like Tom and Cruz. Peace.